Here's what's coming up on today's show. We've seen where people have failed and where people have succeeded, and you want to take the highest probability to get there. This is typically the safest way to get there. Um, instead of taking huge chances. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Welcome back into the Retirement Reality Podcast. I'm Ben George, along with Mike Koinen, as always, who is the founder and owner at Principal Preservation Services. You'll find him online at principalpreservationservices.com. Mike, do you play a whole lot of golf during the year? Every year I say I'm going to play more golf, and I my intention is to, but, you know, life is busy, and, you know, with nine kids and grandkids and being married and having a big property, you know, to maintain on acreage and running a business, yeah. I just don't have the time is to do as much. I think I get out about six to eight times a year, okay. and that's about it. Not too bad, but I know we'd all like to play a little bit more. But I ask you because I think there are some pretty interesting lessons you could actually take from golf and apply to financial planning. So I think it'd be a fun kind of spin on our normal conversation and uh, and take a golf, uh, put it behind a golf lens and, and kind of see what we come yeah. up with. It's easier to compare golf than like cornhole, right? <laughs> yeah. Pickleball. You playing pickleball Pickle- yet? I, I would love that. I, I used to play tennis growing up. So I think pickleball would, is in my, uh, it's in my future. It probably is. I mean, it's it's not just. I mean, it started off as like a, a game that a lot of people getting close to retirement were playing. But I mean, I, I see people of all ages now that are all talking all about pickleball. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk golf then a little bit. Uh, and again, if you have questions for us, the best place to start is principalpreservationservices.com. dot com. You'll find a, a lot of information on the site, including all of our podcasts. But again, if you want to call, and Mike has two offices, one in Woodbury, Minnesota, one in Hudson, Wisconsin, uh, this one number will get you contacted uh, to both, 855-987-8888. But we're talking golf, again, just kind of looking at uh, some of the strategies and, and some of the things that you you hear or know about golf and applying that to retirement planning. And I think it'll be pretty interesting to kind of take this look. So I want to start with a hole-in-one. Um, I'm assuming you mm. never had one, right, Mike? Been close a couple times. Yeah. Um, yeah, we landed within a few inches of the hole a few times, but never got one then. Yeah, me neither as well. Uh, it's it's one thing that I hope happens in my lifetime. I've been close, but uh, no cigar. But hitting hole in one is kind of the first thing. You know, it's always an exciting thing to do, and you know, it's 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 really exciting if you can actually pull it off. You know, with around some buddies and and out mm-hmm. with the, the group that you're playing with. But you know, when you think about that one shot, that one swing, sure, it's great in the moment and it's a huge deal, but you know what, it doesn't have a huge impact on your overall success over 18 holes, right? So how do you make right. this comparison to uh, what you do in, the, in your financial world? Yeah, and I think a lot of people are looking for that that big break, you know, and you know, sometimes if you hear a story how somebody invested in um, Amazon 20, 15, 20 years ago and what they made and or they invested in, in Starbucks or what are these other you know, or Tesla years ago, and they just made a ton of money. We all want to be that guy, right? The woulda, coulda, shoulda people, right? And um, that's reality that, that happens to some. Sometimes it's just luck, and but we try to base our retirement off of this, uh, this big gainers. And uh, I've recently met with some people that have been ch- taking some too much risk by taking these risks with these unknown companies and penny stocks and losing money. And uh, really have to have that mentality, shift that mentality to the long hold, step by step, piece by piece. You know, when you're, if you're building a statue out of Lego pieces, right, it doesn't, 
happen overnight. You got to look at that statue is built by uh, one Lego piece at a time, and it's a plan, and they have to be put in the right position. And it might look messy for a while until it all comes together. But I think that's how we should be looking at retirement: is just a slow, step-by-step process, the long haul, instead of trying to hit that home run with uh, a big investment winner like a stock or or some people I've had even think that their hole in one is going to be when they inherit money and they count on unfortunately they count on their retirement plan being what they inherit from mom dad grandma grandpa something like that and it, if that doesn't pan out um, then you you just put your whole hopes in somebody else's plan and it, if it doesn't then you're you're in a tough situation I met somebody years ago that um, counted on her mom's retirement and then she ended up, her mom ended up going to the nursing home for like nine years all the money got spent for long-term care and she got nothing and so she was mad that she didn't get her money uh, because it went to pay her nursing home expenses well and attorney fees and you know managing her finances all these things it all the money was gone and she was mad she got nothing and I said mm-hmm. well that's, somebody's got to pay for the care um, so unfortunately, that was bad planning on her part. Yeah, it's it's that is a tough story, but you know it's it's true about the hole in one. I mean, it's it takes a special kind of combination of luck. There's a lot of luck involved, along with skill, but it's just a small, mm-hmm. you know, small sample of what you're doing the entire day. And I, just, I think there's plenty of people who've had a hole in one, but still uh, had one of their worst rounds probably ever. So <laughs> just because you do that doesn't mean you're guaranteed success. All right, right. Uh, Clubs in your golf bag. I think this is another great thing to look at because, you know, this is a, a big part. People are constantly changing their clubs, trying to determine what they want to use. But I think the key is you're going to always see people with a full bag of clubs. You're really going to see people go out there with just a couple of clubs and feel like they've got enough to cover any situation they find themselves in the golf course. So right. what, what are we looking at here with financial planning? Yeah, you know, when you're you're on a par five and, and you've got 480 to 525 yards to the pin, well – yeah, you're going to be using your, your driver, right? And you'll probably get on the fairway. And if you can get on the green into great, you know, usually a lot of people aren't on the green into, but you have different clubs for different purposes. You have different investments for different purposes. So you have the long-term kind of planning investments. Um, you have some short-term needs. So when we were looking at your investments, you have, you know, your immediate needs and that's you know, what's in your bank account, your safe money, we can look at that bucket. What are you paying your bills with? Obviously, you, the short-term needs, you, you don't want to be aggressive with, right? Because you need these dollars. Uh, but you also have some long-term money. Uh, you want money that is safe and growing, but um, have limited risk or no risk uh, for the long-term. Uh, we also have money that you can put aside, you can take some risks at because if you have some money that's safe, you can actually have money that you can say, okay, I can take this much risk with this much money. Um, and we also do some income planning. You might want to have another sleeve of bucket that's going to give you some monthly dividends or income from that's going to meet your needs. Uh, we have some alternative investments that will give people monthly cash flow to cover their needs as well. So I think looking at it from like you have different clubs for different purposes, you have different sleeves of money for different purposes too, short-term needs, intermediate, long-term needs as well, but different risks as as well too. So there's you know, there's risks and rewards with playing a certain club, you know, so when you're in a sand trap, well, if you don't have a sand wedge, I mean, you could use a, you could use a pitching wedge. I mean, it's close to a sand wedge, mm-hmm. but it's not quite the same loft. If you have a big lip on that, you might get out, you might not. Um, 
And so you, I've seen people hit out of uh, sand traps before with a seven iron before or five iron. It all depends if it's fairway or not. If you hit it right, if you're talented enough, things work out. But that's not always the case. And so uh, it just reminded me of, uh, you know, you said people don't golf with just, you know, a couple of clubs. Well, my buddy and I in high school, you know, when you're, you don't have much money, uh, we would actually create our own golf course in a park. And we'd actually get one club and we actually play the whole course with one club and created <laughs> our own course. And, yeah. and it t- you know, we'd... Um, that tree was, you know, a par three, and this tree over here is a par four, and and we'd actually have to chip the ball to hit the tree to be considered putting. But we got to be really good with that five iron or whatever we used, I think, at the time, or seven iron. And um, but you get you you can get good, but not all investments are meant to be, you know, long term investments. Some are meant to be short term. Some are meant to be intermediate. So you have to be flexible enough to make changes. And uh, it's very rare that you can choose one or two investments that are going to last your uh, retirement plan. And what could have been a good investment 5, 10, 15 years ago doesn't mean it's it's the same type of investment today because things change. Money managers change. The investment um, objective changes. So you have to be flexible enough to be able to um, have different clubs for different reasons. Yeah, that's so key to have you know every tool possible at your disposal. You don't know what you'll need and what might work best, but having them available is key. All right, uh, last one I've got for you, Mike, is listening to your caddy. And I don't know if you've ever played with a caddy. You either got to be really good or be playing <laughs> at a really nice course that requires it. But the whole idea here is that you know, sure, you could do a lot of these things on your own, and, and you know, probably be pretty good at it, but. It's always great to have someone there that's got your best interests in mind that can help kind of give you guidance, help kind of give you direction, and, and make sure you don't make any mistakes. Yeah, and I think that's where we look at as where we come in as financial advisors is giving the advice um, because we can see the things that you might not be seeing. And, you know, you might think I can cover the water and, and land on the green and save myself a shot. <laughs> and the, the, the caddy's going to tell you, um, you know, there's a 15 mile wind there. Um, it's, it looks for, it's further than what you think it is. Um, or if you overshoot it, you're going to be in the water. They, they give you all the, the things that could go wrong. And I think that's how we come in as advisors. We we get we have a different perspective. We've seen where people have failed and where people have succeeded, and you want to take the highest probability to get there. This and typically the safest way to get there, um, instead of taking huge chances. So I think it's always good to have somebody on your side uh, when you're in these employer sponsor plans. You don't have anybody like that. You are your own caddy advisor. You're making calling your own shots. You're playing by yourself. Right, and you can only rely on your past experience, and that might be by luck or by you know self-taught education. But you have to have be able to rely on somebody. And what what I've not seen with these employer plans is how they put things together to show you what you're going to have enough for retirement. They don't have those kind of that software available to tell you that. Yeah, you might be able to tell you how much money you have, but. What's your spending habits? How much are you going to spend your first five years in retirement? Um, maybe your house will be paid off. Maybe you buy a second home. Maybe you're going to retire and spend maybe two or three months in Florida or Arizona. And all the other things that come in with retirement, the extra cost of health care, maybe you have some health issues. Uh, you want to have a, you know, a plan put together and somebody who can advise you how to do that instead of try to wing it and uh, you know just 
trying to play uh you know what's that one uh up in uh, san diego um tory pines yeah. you know by yourself i mean don't try to play that by yourself we get a tough golf course we we had a client event here um one of the clients that told me he's he's a golf pro and he said why would you guys do your client event at that golf course? He goes, that's the hardest golf course within 75 miles. <laughs> I go, I didn't know. You know, it's a nice course. He goes, but it's tough, too tough for a, a client event. So um, the key is I'm getting some advice, too, even where I can have my, my clients play and where I should be playing as well. Yeah, that's funny. All right, well, that's uh, hopefully a little different spin on the financial and retirement planning conversation as we look at it. You know, from the sport of golf and what lessons can be learned. If you have questions for Mike, again, principalpreservationservices.com. Start there. Or the phone number, 855-987-8888. A couple of mailbag questions, Mike. I got one here from Lee. Says, I don't understand the Social Security spousal benefit. My wife worked about five years before we had kids and hasn't worked since, but she has at least a little bit of a benefit coming, right? What would she be entitled to? Well, if she's only worked for five years, yet the the soonest you qualify for Social Security is you have to have ten years of service, of ten years of work service. Um, you have to have forty credits to qualify for Social Security. You can only earn a maximum of four credits a year. So, actually, the fastest way that somebody can qualify for Social Security benefits is ten years of work. Uh, but what what she is entitled to is how the spousal benefit works. Is as long as you are married to somebody who qualifies for Social Security, you get Social Security. So that's actually the easiest way to get it. So if maybe somebody was a stay-home parent or maybe even a, a business owner who had a lot of deductions, that had ran a small business and just didn't pay in, um, you will get a, a Social Security benefit. And on top of that, even if, even if your wife Lee has a, a benefit and it's pretty small, if her benefit is less than half of yours, she'll get a, it's called a top up benefit to get at least half of yours. Like my, my wife, she's, her benefit is pretty small. Um, but I said, don't worry about it. You're going to get half of mine anyways. So even though her benefit is small, she'll get a top up up to half of what mine is. So yeah, we've been doing social security seminars here for about a decade now. And uh, that is not going away, even with some of the rule changes, that spousal benefit, you, you can get half of your spouses, even without benefits, is going to be available. And the other piece is, too, and I know this is not in reference to you, Lee, but it, just to people listening in general, is um, even if you are married and you lost a spouse, you can get 100% of their benefit, the widow benefit. You don't get half. You can get 100% of theirs if um, your spouse passed away. Or even if you were married for at least 10 years uh, and then divorced and then your ex-spouse passed away, you can collect the 100% widow benefit as long as you haven't remarried. Um, so uh, there are some other options that are still available that people might want to be looking into. Good question, Lee. Last one here from Lucas. I'm not retiring for another five years, so I don't feel the need to be ultra conservative with my money. But my wife keeps insisting that she wants to be more secure just how secure do I need to be at this stage? Well, secure enough to understand that you're not going to jeopardize your retirement. And so when we look at what you have and and is it enough to retire, if we had a correction in the market, would you have to stay working longer? Um, or would your investment risk that you have be, en- uh, be minimized enough that you could stay retired? And so 
that's the, the question is, you know, what level of risk are you at? And if we did have some sort of correction, would you be able to, to maintain retirement through a correction? And that's where we have to find out is that would you or not. And the tough thing is some people can't. And so the thing is you might need to secure some of your money uh, to make retirement a higher probability of success than taking a 20 to 30 year you know, plus loss um, if we had a, a, a another bear market. So, or a, a deeper bear market, I should say. So that's the key is, is finding out, do a risk assessment, find out what you should be investing at, how you're investing today, what retirement looks like to retire here in roughly five years. And we can run the probabilities, um, what that looks like. Um, and if it's, if it's great, I, I just tell people, why would you want to put your retirement on hold if you already have enough to retire today and secure it, make it more secure than trying to um, take some you know, extra risk and blow it. And um, if it works out, great. But you just you already had a secure retirement. You just put a little bit extra icing on top rather than the, the probability of securing it. And you choose not to. And then you actually have to maybe stay working longer or save more money. And uh, that I've seen those scenarios play out for people. They took too much risk and it's, they've had to stay working. And that's sad. Yeah, that does. That is unfortunate for sure. Well, we thank you for those questions, Lee and Lucas. Again, follow up with Mike. Yes, we're going to talk to his team directly, principalpreservationservices.com. Again, you can always get great content like this podcast on the website. Uh, please hopefully you'll subscribe to the show as well here. But also check out Mike's YouTube channel, Retirement Reality On Demand. Some great content there as well to uh, answer some of your questions and continue to help educate you in the world of financial planning. Mike, uh, hope you have a good week this week. Uh, always good catching up with you, and uh, maybe get around to golfing soon. I'm hoping so. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we got a vacation in May, so hopefully we'll get out and golf there. Outstanding. Well, thank you for listening to the Retirement Reality Podcast with Mike Coynan, founder and owner of our Principal Preservation Services. I am Ben George. Take care. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.